Welcome teachers. It's Jessica and Amber here from the Literacy Link. We are so excited to finally have this platform to share ideas, connect best practices across schools, highlight greatness that's going on, and really give us an opportunity to share what we see and hear that are going on in classrooms to support you all. We invite you to join us every day. We promise it's gonna be a quick seven minutes or less, something to think about. And we hope that you can join us to think with us. Absolutely, and we would love your input. If there's something you want to think more about, anything you're seeking input on, or you just have something that you want to share with us, please reach out. You can do so on theliteracylink.org, and you can also access any of our social media outlets from the website. We will do our best to include all of your ideas in our upcoming episodes. So please reach out to us. All right, so today's episode, to get you thinking a little more, is called How to Get the Most Out of the Last Few Weeks. Almost every teacher I run into or every classroom that I'm visiting or in planning sessions, teachers are literally thinking about what can I do these last few weeks to really make sure that kids are hitting their goals or what can I do basically to like get the most bang out of my buck with the time that I have to, with all these curricular things that they have going on, and there's field trips are amping up again, and like field days and all those things, and like, what can I spend my time on when time, teaching time is going to be a little bit shorter to really get the most out of these last few weeks? A lot of groups are talking about goal setting and how to really think about end of the year expectations and then kind of match those with beginning of the year expectations for the next grade level. So like, for example, I'm working with this awesome group of kindergarten teachers, and they're really focused on what are those quick reading strategies that are intentional that, and thinking about different groups of students, like my pre-emergence students, what are the strategies that they can intentionally work on this, these last three weeks and hit them really, really hard? Mom and dad know them, they're hitting them really, really hard. And then setting them up to practice those all summer, either in reading or in writing. So they're getting that additional practice, but not a lot more content, just same strategies we've been working on, but being really intentional. So we've created these strategy goal forms, if you want to call them, to help kids focus on what those little checklists are, as well as parents. I'm working with um, some second grade groups on either fluency goals or writing goals, thinking about what should all second graders know and do at the end of the year and putting them in like really student-friendly checklists so kids can say, yeah, I do this, I do this. Wait, that's the one that I need to work on. So every time we're writing, I'm going to hyper-focus on that. So then it really becomes a habit for the reader or the writer. Also thinking too about Shifting the balance for all of you who have read that over and over, she has those 109 high frequency words that make up 50% of the words in children's text. Um, a lot of teachers are like, gosh, I have these kids that just haven't, they haven't grasped onto them. So maybe that could be a focus. Like how do we either teach them how to orthographic map and make sense of those or share those with parents with some new ideas on how to get those to stick a little bit more with what some of the research is saying out there about connecting know what they know about phonics right to these words they know most of those word parts and so really making that connection but that's another great resource inside of her book if you have that that you can put right in their hands so just really giving you guys that idea to think about what are ways that i can goal set intentionally what's the one or two things i can work on with this student or these groups of students these last few weeks and hit it hard so then it becomes a habit when they leave you for the summer I love that idea and I love the parent communication aspect of it because parents really do want to know what more can I do in the summer 
And when I was teaching, I always had parents asking for things to come home that they could practice. And that would be a great resource to have in the summer. Yeah, Amber, I don't really feel like teachers need to like put together a bunch of summer work. I mean, I'm having a lot of teachers ask, like, do you have summer work? And of course we have great virtual stuff that we did through COVID, but I just don't feel like you need to do that. Not to mention being a mother of many kids, my kids don't want to do it either. So if teachers gave me a few strategies, I can make that happen. Go to the library, get a notebook, a new notebook for them so they can practice reading and writing, but it doesn't have to be this packet of heavy work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I was thinking about the end of the year and how to make the most out of those last few weeks, I was really thinking about saving your special, less high stakes units for after your state assessment that you're taking. I always saved my most fun units that the kids really love. So for example, there's a fairy tale unit that we would do. There's a fantasy reading and writing unit that we would do. Jessica is actually working on some of the Lucy Calkins if then units for teachers and planning those out since they're not a very scripted unit. And one of the grade levels is doing a reader's theater unit, which encompasses so many skills that they've learned throughout the year. It's going to be so much fun with those second graders that you do that unit with. Yeah. And you know, it also makes me think about teachers are always like more sitting in planning sessions and they'll get through a unit or a part of the unit. And they're like, oh my gosh, the kids love when they got to write this how-to or they got to write this or they got to read this. And my thought is, is if you don't have much plan these last few weeks, why not pull out some of those projects and let them do it again? It's low stakes as far as the teacher goes with planning. It's like, let's just do this whole thing again. You don't have to go through all the teaching points. Just hit the highlights, maybe pull back out your anchor chart and let them practice that something that they loved and were engaged with again. Also wanted to make sure that you knew where to find some resources. You don't have to go. I know TPT has some great stuff, but we would love to share for free. We have great ideas and resources. If you want to go look for those on our website, I've already uploaded these goal strategy sheets that I was talking about. I have a kindergarten reading one. I have a second grade writing one. We also uploaded our early intervention document that hits Michael Haggerty's skills. If you're using those phonemic awareness resources, as well as hitting some of those phonics skills and an intentional continuum. So that's a great document. I'm going to keep uploading as I'm building with teachers because we do this work, you know, as we're, as we're going with teachers when they request it. So just stay tuned and keep looking and check in there. Also, just a reminder, if you have Sarah Bala strategies book, but I think every teacher on the planet has those, she has additional online resources. Once you upload into Heinemann and you register your, your resources. She has online resources. She has what good readers do, what good writers do. Those apply kindergarten on up. I'm working with an eighth grade group that's using her, what good readers do at the beginning of next year to kind of get a sense and reflection from their eighth graders. And you can use it with your kindergartners as more of an oral check-in at the beginning of the year, picking pieces of it. And then she also has these reading and writing look for documents that are note-taking forms. So for example, if you're wanting just to focus on like grammar and punctuation, she gives you a note-taking form that's written in a continuum, the easiest skill, which will probably be the kindergarten skill, all the way on until, you know, they keep developing their craft as a writer. So those are great forms that are free. They come with the resources that you already bought. So just a reminder that she has those. Most teachers don't know that she has an online resource component that goes with those great books as well. And again, teachers, if you head over to our website at theliteracylink.org, you will find all of these resources and more that will be helpful to you in your classroom. And there's also a section that you can give us feedback on resources that you're looking for. So 
head over to the website and check that out and you might find more than what you are looking for um, when it comes to resources. I hope you check in every day and we wanted to end. Amber and I love to call each other after work and just laugh and just remember that we're working with teachers and kids and we couldn't be luckier to do that working in schools. Um, but we wanted to kind of put out there a joke or two of the day that you might want to use in your classroom. School is so heavy at times. I know sometimes teachers just feel exhausted by the end of the day and so do kids. And just thinking about how can we add a little bit of humor and make learning also fun, not to mention the best thing we can do socially and emotionally with our kids and mental health and be aware is just to laugh together and find that safe space where we can laugh. So we're going to offer a joke or two of the day. Sorry if they are not that funny to you, but our own children share them with us and I find myself laughing, laughing pretty hard. So we're going to start off with just a couple of jokes that you might want to use in the classroom at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. All right, so here we go. First shot at this. Amber, have you heard about that guy who cut off the left side of his body? I have not. Well, don't worry about him. He's all right now. It's pretty good, isn't that's, it? That's so great. That's a perfect three through five joke that <laughs> you can use in grades three through five. Great. And now this one, this one will can work anywhere, but kids that don't know figurative language might be might be a little confused, but it would be fun <laughs> to talk. Uh, or to introduce figurative language, you can start with this joke. How, why did the students eat their homework? Why, Jessica? Because the teacher told them it's a piece of cake. <laughs> Good, right? This is going to be my favorite segment of the show. I can right. already tell you. Are on you next. The, the jokes are on you next. next okay, episode. I'm I'm coming in strong next episode. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, teachers, for joining us again. Go to our website. Check us out every morning. We would love to have you listen and then shoot us ideas if you want us to think about more things with you as well. Thank you so much for joining us today.